ladies and gents, we live for this shit. This podcasting shit. So, here with me tonight is Johnny Boy Patoki. How's it going? Glad to be back. <laughs> Again. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, I believe you, I believe you. Oh, great, great, great. So, yeah, this was a long time coming. We had just were just like we all had all these other options. I had plenty of other things. I had design poster art for them. Like we're gonna get to it. I don't know when. I'm definitely prefer. This, this is one I've been looking forward to too, for the most part. Uh, yeah, and I just figured it was just like the perfect matchup. It's like okay, we're talking about basically, it just a video game PlayStation influenced Sony franchise. This is the perfect way because it's just like all kinds of a weird. Atypical kind of spot. Tony Hawk Extreme Secret Agent. Right. Uh, A thousand percent. (laughs) It is, yes, it is. Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, you know, whatever meets, I don't know, the transporter question mark. (laughs) First one, yeah. I'd go with that, sure. (laughs) Oh, man. So in this Zonder Cage cinematic universe, it stars Vin Diesel of the Riddick and Fast and Furious films. Featured in these movies is Samuel Jackson as NSA agent Augustus Gibbons, Martin Sokos of Lord of the Rings and a Star Wars and Equalizer fame as main terrorist Yorgi, Asia Argento pre-Me Too scandal as Yelena. And additionally, it also has William Defoe as the traitorous General George Deckard, Ice Cube as the recurring... Uh, you know, ex like soldier slash ex con turned agent. spy, yeah, yeah. agent Darius Navy Seal. Stone, Navy yeah. Seal, Mo- model Sonny Mabray from Snakes on a Plane and Hillbilly Elegy <laughs> as uh, yeah. Charlie Mayweather. <laughs> Pun question mark. Yeah, uh, and, and additionally, it also features Eve, Donnie Yen, Topeka, Opuda Kane. Ruby Rose, Tony Ja. Oh, that's right. Ruby Rose Rory is in McCann. that one. Yep. The Sopranos, hey. Al Sapienza. Hey, you, you forgot Scott Speedman. from Scott uh, Speedman. From Fel- Fel- not Felicity. Uh, well, he wasn't Felicity, but he uh, played a... From uh, Underworld. Yeah, Underworld. he played a Lycan. Yeah. Yep. Lycan by Vampire Hybrid. You know, it's funny. <laughs> you're naming all these names, and most of the good ones were in the first and third one. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Most of the big name ones. Yeah. NFL player Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Soprano star Al Sapienza. Uh, Jessica Jones and Dark Matter star Terry Chin as a Chinese spy. And Nina Dubrov from Vampire Diaries. Need a pretty yeah. face with limited acting. Supermodel and Orange is the New Black Star, Ruby Rose. It's the first thing I felt I saw her in, and I fell in love. And Little Miss Sunshine star herself, Tony Collette, cashing oh, it in. Right, she wasn't. She was Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> she wasn't that, wasn't she? Oh yeah, everybody got fucking paid, if not blown on this on this movie. Yeah, franchise. No, no shit. <laughs> no, no. And no one looked at the scripts. They didn't give a fuck. It was like, you hey. know, yeah, I kind of agree to some extent, but I will say. Uh, the f- much like other movies I've talked about, it in the beginning the first one was a far better movie than expected. Like I truly really liked the first movie. I liked the soundtrack and I liked that it it felt more like a Bond movie than all the Bond movies do. That's a good point because at that point they were using CGI and this wasn't trying to be high class or anything. So I meant to. So what? what let's backtrack a little bit sure. before we yeah, really nuke the fridge on this hopefully not <laughs> crystal skull style because fuck that but um uh, so what was your main intro into action movies into action movies wow like, I, uh, I knew i knew you were reading tom clancy and i was kind of doing a lot of sci-fi and occasional horror yeah. and and i watched Spielberg a lot of sci-fi thing. when i was young <laughs> um i mean i guess bond would have been the you know back in when i was a little kid when it came to this kind of a like like when it came to like espionage and spies it probably would have been bond mm-hmm. and i think when i was a kid i remember watching like you know they used to they still do they run the marathons you know and back in the 80s they did yeah. that too they just had less movies 
and um yeah it might have been like the spy who loved me or it was probably a roger well you know what it may have been dr no or goldfinger because my dad had, my dad always watched him when he was you know he grew up in the in the 50s and 60s so it was probably one of, it was probably a sean connery bond movie when it comes to this kind of you know and then it's it's another thing that i get hooked on right like i like it i like indiana jones kind of adventure films no matter how bad and then anything with spies so but yeah probably <laughs> probably bond and you know when i was a kid bond was all about super villains wanting to take over or destroy the world or weaponize space or yeah many you know noted how the plot at the end of the first one is kind of like die hard with a vengeance where he's got this whole underground yeah group of thieves and then he's unleashing like a bunch of like radiation poisoning or some shit yeah and, yeah uh so i had plenty of cousins who had seen it my grandmother knew about this and it's like that sounds naughty and uh but i was definitely into spy assassin stuff so by 06 07 i had seen as many of the popular ones as the Die Hard and rambo movies on mm-hmm. tv as well as the born identity ones and bond films with my dad and uncle and so it's like okay yeah yeah i'm i'm all into this yeah there's some movies where it's like i see that they're bad but i kind of want to know more about them like mm-hmm. how the plot came about why did they cast these famous or infamous in some extremes, you know, celebrities and NBA players and rappers in one giant action buddy cop movie. And so I would always go through the maze because you just never knew. You could never get a reliable thing. There were ones that critics really praised, but audiences hated because you couldn't see the fights or what have you, and then vice yeah. versa, where, you know, critic score yep. was 40%, audience score was 60 to 80%, and it was playing on all the AMC, TNT, usa network channels and mm-hmm. this one was very popular like the first two movies they played the shit out of them like it would be the fox yeah. sunday night movie as well yeah. as on fx and tnt right the first now one had pretty solid reviews too i mean three three and a half stars out of four um yeah roger you know, ebert really praised yeah, it he loves his gorgeous women and awesome st- jackie chan type stunts and it had that and uh i was i mean i had i saw mixed reviews i mean and I was not a Fast and Furious guy. Uh, this was way before that franchise got even more batshit crazy. And I was yeah, I like the first two, and that's about it. Whatever <laughs> works, man. Uh, I was into Riddick. I, I loved how Riddick was good. That that was by the original writers of Alien, and they took a Star Wars, Star Trek type universe with mm-hmm. bounty hunters and unusual sci-fi planets, and it was a mixture of horror and action i was like i am in a sci-fi scenario i'm like i am down Uh, and uh i was just like okay you know ice cube he doesn't have as much charisma as say dmx and he definitely doesn't have some decent dramatic range like ice t but he's an okay comedian same deal with vin i'm like okay i'm kind of digging jason statham even though i kind of find some of his movies very lame but Mm -hmm. My, my pros are. But you still watch it for him. Kinda, I, I was just. Yeah. It was a mix of everything. It was like he's kind of more comfortable doing something here because he's yeah. not hogging at all, and there's a big giant ensemble, and it's kind of got yep. all these different elements. And so then it just got to that point where it's like, when they kept coming out with these, and they kept teasing that they were going to bring it back until they finally did bring it back one more time, and I was just like, go, go figure that if there's one thing these movies all do it's be bad shit crazy like that is the yeah. only purpose for these movies so the whole thing of you know well well like i would even explain it to certain people and some people were taking this way too seriously what i was saying and because and others were like sounds fun because they want brain dead and all their action movies and there were others who were like so did you like it i was like just go see it like it's gonna really depend on your mood so me telling you whether or not you'll like it is really redundant like yeah for every other person who likes something like taken or the expendables there's gonna be a bunch of people are like ah i hate that kind of action or crime thriller movie (laughs) so uh, you you don't know until you know you just honestly there's some movies you've got to physically see yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i mean and you know I, i will say the first one with Vin Diesel is truly a, a time capsule from the period. Like, I think it's a great movie to watch though. I, it's a lot of fun, but if you want to know what the late nineties, early two thousands were like, 
it was extreme sports. Everything had an X on it. Uh, it was energy drinks. The music from the movie is what was pop. I mean, it really is kind of like it personifies that part of the decade. Like every movie basically made in the 2001 to 02, it does open up with like the bodies at the floor by drowning pool. Yeah. yeah. And but for I this, but, used to yeah. have the soundtrack to the first two movies. Like I'm downloading them off Mediafire one lazy day and I was like, you know, I'm kind of digging some of Exhibit Scrooves on the yeah. second. Uh-huh movie but i'm really digging again that end song by bush's uh gavin rosdell adrenaline i for whatever yeah, reason that's that a good just, song that makes me want to go and work out and i well, do not work out <laughs> the first movie featured uh ramstein and they were even had him in concert on screen yeah they're the opening and, and band like i knew ramstein for years but that was like the introduction for a lot of people like hey have you ever heard that band before i'm like yeah totally. <laughs> I, I have as a matter of fact there you go but it was they, just it was it, their it, loop in the ring. It was their kind of just chance to be in a more mainstream American audience. <laughs> yeah, and as, as overblown, I guess, as these are, the first one and the third one, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold my judgment on the second. The first and the third know they are, and they do well, like, laughing at themselves about it to some extent. Like, the first one, it, he doesn't, it, nothing in the first one takes itself too seriously. Yeah, just so so just for those who want to know, so Rick Wilkes, who was like a uh had done like this movie, I think he did like Airheads, and then he did like some other movie with Jack Black and the young um, Peter Berg that was also about pro skating or some shit. And yeah, Airheads, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some shit like that or something like Glory that. Days was another one. Oh, okay, yes. So, yeah, he had all these kind of just oh, whole movies. Yeah, and yeah. so the directors associated with all three, respectively, uh, Rob Cohen, you know him, of Dragonheart, Mummy Free, First Fast and Furious, yeah, and The Boy Next Door, that stupid Lifetime uh, Skinamax movie with J-Lo. And uh, <laughs> Lee Tamahari, who did the final Pierce Brosnan movie, Die Another Day. Yep which you can't recommend, but The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin, um, cool survival movie. Um, next with Nick Cage, time travel movie, uh, and Once We're Warriors. So yeah, They're all the people that had like chops. Like they've all... A bizarre mixture of yeah. TV work. Like Rob Cohen had done Miami Vice back in the day for Michael Mann. Um, yeah. Then you got a, yeah. TJ Caruso who had all these like it or hate it movies like... Uh, uh, like taking lives and what's the movie with Shia LaBeouf, which is like a rear window kind of tribute. Oh, um, Disturbia. That's Disturbia, the one. Yeah. And he had all those. And then some other, like I am number four. And other than that, he had pretty much just done a bunch of other flops and like a few select episodes of shows like the shield. <laughs> and, and so I'm very ha- half and half with those guys. Cause it's like Cohen doesn't seem to, did have it, original it, scripts but he has good stunts yeah. in his movies or it, it was a kind. very unlikely group of people that came together yeah and tamahari's kind of the same way where he started out as kind of the indie violent drama guy and then just kind yep. of did all these disposable action movies and cruz is kind of the same one where he's just kind of he's just who you get if you don't have the budget for a Roland Emmerich or Michael Bay, but you don't want to spend it on another fancy music video kind of guy. So you're just like, I'm going to go with him. Cause he seems to like Brian De Palma, Hitchcock type themes. So, mm-hmm. And like you say, they're all in these movies and you're like, this is not it typical of anyone's style, but yeah, and, I'm and, sure and, they have stories. I'm sure they have stories. Oh, I'd love to hear him because, like, the first movie, what I there was a lot, a lot of what I liked about. It. First off, it was it was like a, it was kind of like a video game, right? Like you said, you know. Oh, totally. It was. Except it was you're very, seeing it was, all the cinematics play out. Yeah, it was very stylized, like how Miami Vice used to be. Not stylized in that same way, but it had that like, like you knew you were watching a, something that was trying to be a slick movie, right? Like even though it wasn't really Miami Vice or mm-hmm. or something, but it had a certain style to it that worked. It was like a. It, and it was a refreshing take on something because every movie that you saw up till now that had a secret agent, that agent was always like smooth and suave. And, you know, they were all like Bond, right? They were all just the Bond knockoff. Here comes this guy that he's basically, everyone counts him out as just a muscle head. Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, yeah, we need a new type of secret agent, someone that fits in with today's crowd. And at the time I was like in my twenties, I'm like, you know, that's a pretty clever idea because we all watch the same, like every secret agent had a cookie cutter persona, right? Like, right. And uh, it, it varied a little bit. Like you had the, like you had the new bond with Daniel Craig, where it was a little more serious and, and it was a little more Jason Bourneish than like the old bond. But generally, those were your two archetypes, you know, like the Clancy style or like the Bond style. You didn't have, you know, they all had some, they're all Navy SEALs. They were all ex-military. They're all some something. And they're oh like, hey, you're pretty badass with stunts and a skateboard. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it was, was kind of cool. It's like, hey, look, this is, look, an average guy saving. Like, it was almost, I don't want to say average because look at Vin Diesel. The guy's huge. But it was kind of <laughs> like that, right? It was like a regular guy, let's say brought in to save the world you know uh, well was, what else would they yeah, be nice you know <laughs> it, well it was kind of a nice you know thing in asia argentina was it was the argentino or argento sorry it was it was the first movie i think i really saw her in that i was like i like her oh uh, yeah before i knew she was a total hypocritical you know yeah statutory rapist i was like yep yeah, yeah, well, as long as she doesn't talk uh, <laughs> well even then i was just i knew she had a crazy dad who yeah. did all these great giallo horror movies and she had been in some of the lesser ones but i i was uh yeah i, I liked land of the dead and i liked some of the other movies she had been in and then there were other ones where i'm like okay those are bad but god damn is she just fucking gorgeous <laughs> yeah so the first the first one the plot was pretty solid and it was it was nothing special it was a it was a typical kind of spy plot try to save the world from a terrorist group the third one, it was a relatively simple plot, too. It wasn't, like, overblown. It wasn't over-convoluted. But wait, there's more. Well, hang on. Get to that. So, <laughs> so the, the first and the third one, to me, I can watch. I have no problems with. Because they, they don't, neither tries to be something they're not. And, you know, they're not convoluted. The second one, I don't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> there were too many characters. It was trying to, it was, it was like Tom Clancy wrote a outline for a book and then kind of filled in some parts, didn't finish it, passed away. Somebody picked it up and said, hey, let's just make it this way. Because oh, it man. was like, it was trying to be like a techno spy thriller with like multiple government agencies kind of fighting each other and multiple conspiracies. And it just, oh my, it was so convoluted. And it just, man. So it, definitely. Like I like Ice watch, Cube a lot, but. Ugh. If you're going to watch these movies, definitely go in with kind of a mystery science theater kind of mode because the, especially the second of... one like <laughs> even I the gotta... acting in the second one for having like a lot of well for having like ice cube it, like remember the scene when he's on the bridge and all the shit blows up and he looks back at the camera and like winks yeah and that's not believe it or not that's not even his body like that was... yeah and the worst part about that is that's not done in either of the other two movies anywhere <laughs> like never were they breaking the third wall until that point oh, and it was they, only that they one break little it in part three well yeah they do that's true. Near the end, that's true he starts saying i live for this shit and then he looks at, uh but, well that's true but it but it's done in a way that's like more fluid right it's not like abrupt like all this stuff blows up he turns and just kind of winks it's like because eh, i, I think know. all these movies are extremely <laughs> sarcastic yes and, yes and that's what i like about them and i think I, did, I would keep watching parts of them on again because they just air them to death on FX or whatever. And I'd see people even make this is back when YouTube was all the rage. And sometimes you want to rewatch a movie just to see what other people like about it. Yeah, sure, sure. They would make a shit ton of action music videos and almost always someone would yeah. like stitch something up with like, I don't know, like saliva disturbed and just use action yeah. scenes from these movies. And I was like, maybe I better rewatch these because. I'm taking these plots way too seriously, and they're really not yeah. taking themselves all that seriously. Um, no, I mean, I think it was one of the misconceptions when a lot of people went to see them too, is they thought they were. I don't know what people were expecting. Like, I'm like, I'm like Vin them. Diesel's in it, so it can't be that serious of a movie. Maybe I mean, but I like Vin Diesel. I like Knockaround Guys. I think he's great in that. I, mean, I love Knockaround Guys. Saving Private such Ryan. an underrated movie, and he puts in a really good, solid performance. So. When I saw Vin, I definitely preferred it when he was like more brutal, especially with knock around guys. Oh, and yeah. A man apart. Yeah. And because that was, and even Strays, his indie, because at that point he wasn't playing Mr. You know, Dom, you know, selfish prick going around blowing up, you know, other yeah. car thieves and government agents. And, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, here, 
uh, here, here. Uh, so for a while, it seemed like he and Statham were like going to be trying to be kind of the next Charles Bronson. Now, I would argue Carl Urban, Frank Grillo, and even Liam Neeson and every other person, Denzel to some extent, are trying to do a Bronson. Yeah, yeah. Anything I, that doesn't star Tom Cruise, they're pretty much doing that. And but Tom Cruise and Vin Diesel are kind of the same person in that they play they the same want, character almost all the time. They play the same person and they want to do all the stunts. You know, yeah. Yeah. Tom Cruise does it because of his crazy, you know, entity that he thinks is a religion, and Vin just does it because he really does ha- have that huge an ego. I mean, that mm-hmm. there's a reason why Statham and The Rock decided to just jump ship and do their own shit because they were tired of putting up with his crap. So it is yeah, just and like, it's funny because it's funny that you say it too because like I had that discussion and just real quick about it. It's like, yeah, I get, I get it, right? Like Statham and The Rock and him are all three pillars of like action, right? <laughs> but to be fair. At the and moment, to be change. fair, at the moment and whatever, the Fast and the Furious franchise is basically is, you know. I mean, it's like it would be like it was like it was, it, it, but I I don't think he should have been the way he was with them. But that being said, it's like when George Lucas made the prequels and all the people that worked with him were from the original movies, and in the originals he would ask advice, and in the prequels if somebody offered advice he'd tell them no, I don't want to hear it because they were his babies right and i think diesel kind of got gets carried away with that like well these are my films and this is what it should be and it's like yeah they're your films especially when these these two guys make pretty good flicks if i'm gonna argue about movies it better be something that is a real life story i'm telling a story about my father who got exiled to i don't know what i'm saying he 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 took it clearly too far this is like Um, this is a silly 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 movie to be having an argument (laughs) i don't i also don't know like i would hope that the three of them don't have don't still have a grudge against each other oh they do they they 100 you 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 would you would hope at some point they would bury that because there's going to be an expendable six or seven at one point we're gonna need these three. That's what I think is also bullshit. That would be the perfect. I even feel like part free in a way kind of was kind of a, their own expendables. Is <laughs> like let's do yeah. our tribute to what we got famous doing twenty years yeah. ago, and then it's just like at the same time, like The Rock's been asked to join the Expendables a few times because there's a lot of people who like his work on Faster and the Rundown and the Walking Tall sure. remake, and yeah. he kept saying, "Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready." And then the real story is that you know, everyone's going to get paid 10 K for the day. And so yeah. if you're going to put him in there, it would have to be a really fast yeah. cameo. And that would mean kind of risking his net worth. And I think my, my pal, Matt Poirier of the director video Kona story, you might know the podcast or blog. Yeah. And I think he said it best is like at this rate, every celebrity, especially those who were in Hobbs and Shaw, you know, Statham, Kevin Hart, Idris Elba, even Ryan Reynolds, they are in financial security mode. So they're going to, strategically pick two movies a year and it's got to be a movie where they're going to be great in regardless of whether or not you know it's a good movie but it's their choice is basically what comes it's down their to choice it. yeah. but yeah and so one of them has to be one that is guaranteed so it's got to be a superhero or a book adaptation or oscar bait and then the other one can be whatever but it still will churn out a bunch yeah. of crowds so you you gotta pick and choose, especially in COVID, and you gotta film fast. So it's like at that point, it's like this is what they're doing. They're gonna do easy, easy stuff, and it might be another decade before they really do something they want to do that their fans really wanted to see them do. So yeah, I, I would like to see Lee, I'd like to see Liam Neeson not make every movie exactly like the like exactly like Taken. Yeah, and it sucks because like it was not, it was cool to see him become an action star for that little bit, but it's like Taken was great. And you know, it takes place in Europe, and his daughters, his daughters are kidnapped, or his daughter and her friend are kidnapped and brought to you know Europe, and he chases them down. And then the sucks? second movie, he goes to vacation in Europe, where everyone's looking for him already. There is that, and then there's really? other movies which he does, but unfortunately, even though they weren't meant to be taken type movies, they become it. They were advertised as so. Yeah. I saw a walk among the tombstones in the theaters, and that was a great Serpico Seven type mashup. And no one, not enough people, saw it despite decent reviews. But yeah, you look at the trailer, and you're like, he's stalking angry on a phone. That looks like a Taken movie. I'm like, but you see the actual movie. I'm like, no, yeah. no, this is a very slow burn neo noir, you know, into the millennium, you know, ninety nine yeah. set. 
serial killer movie. It's more like the Bone Collector if, or Silence of the Lambs, if anything. And it just sucks that, like you say, is like if they're not typecast, then the trailer yeah. will wreck it every time. And it doesn't matter if it's a good movie or not. The damage is done based on whether or not it makes money at the box office. And yeah, uh, the people I mentioned at the start, I mean, Frank Grillo and Carl Urban, they're, they're caught between doing a big mainstream movie for like Millennium Films or Sony or uh, even Marvel. And then they do a video on demand kind of slugfest. So it's just like they have to pick yeah. and choose. They, oh, yeah. And they are almost semi- they're like they're like B, they're, they're not B actors, but they're not A actors. They're like right in the middle. Yeah, they they are in between. Like A minus. The, right. Or B plus. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're they're in these B scripts, production values, you know, made for two million in like Louisiana or Atlanta, and then, uh, then like you say, it's just everyone else passed on it. So it's like okay, yeah. Bruce Willis is retired. Gerard Butler's in Scotland. Statham yeah, passed yeah. on it. So guess what urban you're next yeah very much <laughs> and Diesel, next diesel's Irish. a pain in the ass to work with and wants producer credit so you're next urban there you go next new zealand oh yeah and russell crowe he's too expensive so yeah you're you're, you're next yeah. <laughs> new zealand australian guy you're next because hugh jackman's not here and you're you cost less and yeah frank real same deal it's like okay you're <laughs> we need a charles bronson type we we like you from those purge movies so we're gonna put you in these yeah uh, because we just can't afford Chris Evans or Anthony Mackie right now. We can't. So we just, we can't, uh, or we can't, for that matter, we can't even afford Henry Cavill or Ben Affleck. So you're, yeah, your you're service will get in there. You're the next up on the spy thing. Matt Damon and DiCaprio are getting older. Yep. George Clooney just doesn't act anymore. So you're, you're going to have to be on this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but it, it was, it was, it, it sucks when you see like, when you have these action stars that really could work really well together, but the Eagles get in the way, you know? Oh, a thousand and, uh, percent. And then we see other people like Scott Atkins who, who, who are starring in other movies with, you know, veterans and mm-hmm. then even other people like Don, the dragon Wilson and Dolph Lundgren appearing now and again, still <laughs> just like, why was their star just not bigger? And it was just one of those, it's like, it wasn't like Van Damme where, they burned all their bridges or Seagal where they were always a shithead, but eventually their, yeah. la- their last movie underperformed. So then they finally had a reason to kick them out and not kiss their ass anymore. And so it's like, these guys is like just always the wrong place at the wrong time. It didn't matter if they did a good job or not, or if they even grew as performers, it was just <laughs> their movies were like shown in Bulgaria and Japan overseas, yeah. but in the States, we got them straight to HBO or Blockbuster. Yeah. So it's just, wow. I mean, Bruce Campbell's a lot, a lot like that to some aspect. Yeah. But in his defense, he, he kind of prefers doing what he did. Like I remember reading somewhere that he, he rather enjoys doing being the B movie, like King, you know, a thousand percent. And then he even started getting pickier about what kind of B movies he did. Yeah. He didn't even say, I'm not yeah. going to be in your piece of shit movie unless it's really like a price I can't turn down and it is a pretty yeah. clever horror comedy. You know? Well, hopefully Diesel one day humble gets a little humbled about something about stuff because uh, yeah. I don't mind him as an actor. I think, especially as an action star, I think he's great. It's just, you you know, you're only, you can only be so difficult to work with before no one wants to. And, you know, it's like the rock evolved and yeah, like you say, I mean, some of these other guys evolved and yeah, Statham used to Statham. Statham was a dancer and a, a, a dancer in a music video. And look where he ended up. Uh, a, a <laughs> Olympian wannabe. And it, yeah, that's and, right. He was an Olympic swimmer wannabe too. Yeah. And so after the guy, Richie crime movies, then, you know, and the transporter, he was kind of the cult guy. And Clive Owens, movie, you know, Clive Owen is another one that never quite took off. Uh, like a thousand percent. When I saw both I saw him. the B, I saw the BMW short film with him and Madonna in it where he was I a did too. driver, and I was like, oh, that's just. And then the transporter movies right now, so I'm like, oh, maybe it would be Clive Owen because that's what he played. Well, in it. nope. And, <laughs> and, and despite Owen being in the Born Identity and he did a lot uh, of big movies, up, a lot of B pictures, and then and he was he, great in Shoot 'Em Up too. I don't even remember the plot, but that movie's awesome. It's well, yeah, it was more like a free roaming video game version of Falling Down, but yeah, yeah, pretty much, and. Yeah. and well, he's got to protect that baby. I remember that part. Oh, a thousand percent. And so I see him in last night's and the movie with Statham and De Niro called Killer Elite. I'm like, why is he not a bigger star? And why did he never? Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those. I, I kind of even considered 
when I saw actors like Jason Patrick and Thandie Newton, Newton just kind of was in some movies that were big, but weren't always necessarily critically acclaimed. Until... Jason Patrick's career got hurt by speed too, though. Well, that, and apparently I did see how he was very like a stubborn method actor. So he was kind yeah. of his own worst enemy, even though he's a goddamn good actor. So it was just yeah. like, it was just one of those, after a while, Hollywood, if the offers stopped coming, then eventually before we had video on demand and, festival movies and what have you it, and or just working with theater directors making their debut on a festival acclaimed movie it mm-hmm. also got down to like you say is just what was your last big hit and do people just remember you from that and or mm-hmm. did one of those filmmakers are they gonna throw you a bone on their next project <laughs> that they're doing five years down the road you don't know and until after the fact, if they do a memoir and they're like, I had a substance abuse or my agent mm-hmm. just was asking too much money and I just wasn't a remarkable name. I, <laughs> no fault yeah. of my own. My movies were popular. I was recognized, but they underperformed. And I think it's just the market we make them in. Everyone yeah. just can't make anything for under $20 million. And now if it makes under $40 million, it's still... It's a flop. A flop. And it's just tricky because like, these were making crazy well, I mean, to be fair, money. <laughs> to be fair, back to what we, yeah, back to those, back to the Triple X movies. State of the Union is considered a box office bomb. It made $71 million. I mean, it cost 113 to film, but right. That's it just still made $71 music. million dollars and it's a bomb, you know? But that the, that second one, it, it literally is my least favorite of the three. And like, it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll get to our final ratings here in a bit on a five-star <laughs> scale, but. No, uh, the, uh, they're still doing supposedly doing a fourth one even though the yep. third one also flopped it, it didn't make even enough money overseas in china and i'm just like that's wild because everyone i know who saw it like wanted to see it but it, i think it just came out at a bizarre time and well yeah but to be fair it, it, its budget was 85 million it made 346 so was, i mean it still made money that, that's the other crazy thing too it's just like who's doing the math here do studios secretly want it to flop because they didn't like making it or it, you you never really know because it can be a really dirty game half the time and half the time they seem to just fudge the numbers or what have you but it's just weird because uh like this had an international cast you know you got yep. tony ja. the, yeah tony john ja the brute from game of thrones and then freaking tony collette yeah. so here's what these all do well all the villains in them are hammy they have no yes. purpose being in there martin sokas he was one of the elves of galadriel in lord of the rings he'd been in other movies like the monkey's mask and uh, the hammy villains is what i like though that's old school bond absolutely and it's dr evil he's fucking <laughs> yeah not dr evil although it does have some dr evil kind of humor in there it's very risque for pg-13 there's many moments where yeah. you're just waiting for him to get away with an f-bomb and any t- every time it happens you're like fucking thank you <laughs> <laughs> about the time you said it but yeah then it gets to that point where you are like um uh, this is just a crazy kind of party movie. Just put it on. And anyone who wants to stay, they can stay till two in the morning and other times. If you don't like it, head out now. Let us enjoy the fun with our hammered and, you know, druggy friends. But yeah, <laughs> it is one of those where it's like, yeah, Martin Sokas, yeah, he's a fucking great actor. So he also played the Geonosian leader, Pogo the Lesser in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Uh, he played, uh, but yeah, he's also one of the, deceiving guys in kingdom of heaven and the crusades you know we the yeah. scott epic uh but yeah he just was always a, one of those other reliable you know new zealand australian type actors and he just would keep showing up but yeah when i saw him in the equalizer i was like man mm-hmm. what a fucking great villain there's a guy who's just intimidated by the hero and yet just so diabolical and just down to rape and kill and fuck anything that gets in his way without us even having to see it just those eyes in and of themselves. And yep. I see him went into the Badlands and I thought he was kind of wasted there. I, my sister even made a crude joke saying a discount Ray Stevenson. I'm like, oh shit. Ray Stevenson's kind of a discount Ray Stevenson. And I love Ray Stevenson. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think he steals the fucking movie in the first one. He just absolutely just like he, that crazy rock star hair and just oh, waving yeah. that Uzi around. Like, and it and it, it fit that deck. It fit that time period perfect too. Like I, a I time period. I yeah. almost got so pissed off when I saw the commentary behind the scenes on Rob Cohen almost not using the 
the bridge stunt sequence because the stuntman who doubled Vin Diesel apparently died. I'm like, yeah. oh, had he not used that, he would have been outed by every stuntman. You can't not use that. He di- yeah, he died on the second take parachuting through the columns. He hit one of the columns or something like that. Yeah, just So the crazy movie has the first take. And it's like, wow. Yeah, I mean. Crazy. But well, so, that's what, you know, when you're talking big action movies, I mean, it's it's always a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. So Gregory J. Barnett, who's been a stunt coordinator and second unit director on shows like Baywatch and 24, was a lot of the guys who were doing stunts on this. Um, uh, I looked up some other info on some of the other stunt guys who I'm even friends with on Facebook, and they <laughs> they got crazy stories as well. Like they were just like fitness instructors half the time when they weren't getting a stunt call or using their body or they were doing software porn or they were doing just some other kind of just campy TV show. And they all got on this movie. Even Chris Gunn has just like become a big stuntman, henchman, featured actor on various mainstream movie shows and indie films. Like, so I mean, the, movie, tra- the movie did good for a lot of people. Yeah, Danny Trejo is in this. As an yeah, he's got a small part. Yeah. Gets his car exploded. Uh, so part two... My favorite villain the whole fucking lot. Just William Defoe just cashing a paycheck and what? just taking it to the bank. Just yeah, I mean Defoe was good. Defoe was probably the shine, the, the bright in, spot of this one for me. He he gets to have two infamous sequels to his name along with Speed Two. <laughs> oh, it's right. He was a bad guy in that, wasn't he? Right, he's the best part. So this is like he's just he knows what he's in, but he does just seem to just really unlike the, creep, the creepier the character, the better he fits it. There's that, and I love when how Family Guy made when Family Guy made fun of him in the one episode where he slides off from under the bed and back I in. It's like that, that, that's probably what he does in real life. I hope not. He's apparently a pretty <laughs> cool guy, but um, no, I, I've heard that, I've heard he's a cool guy. But too. Like, it he, is he's funny. Good just, at that kind of a role. It's like he know he just has fun with any role you hand him, and he's not gonna waste your fucking time well, or yeah even the back states he was like he was like a quasi good guy yeah and there's a bunch of people who are going to do the whole oh it's not politically correct nowadays or oh i thought no, it's it not. sucked at but the time the, but the rest but of the world's not politically correct it. either no but and he's fantastic in he the world great in it i thought he stole the movie he made he definitely one-upped it even more i already liked the movie as a whole but he really, in fact, ironically, the only time I felt like he just phoned it in, like he just did not want to be there, and it was just an easy, lazy script, so he was giving it minimum effort, was probably actually his uncredited cameo in Boondock Saints too. So <laughs> that's it. But here he's basically playing an Air Force One diehard type villain. I just yeah. like how he's just, he's just hamming it up. And don't get me wrong, there is some cool CGI in all of these, and then there is some absolute shit-tastic mm-hmm. crappy, but that's just it. Like, it just... Unlike the Transporter sequels, which I just felt like just got too just stupid for their own good. Yeah. Like, I think you can enjoy the show, and definitely the original movie still holds up. Um, but, like, these... You can only accept them in a video game mode, but they kind of work on that level, because they... This is Sony, you know, PlayStation Two era. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's exactly what they were going for. It's in fact, like, isn't he playing? Isn't he playing in the first one? Isn't uh, Diesel playing like a Tony Hawk game at some point? Even? I think he is. And part two, I definitely had like some riffs. Uh, so, composers, Randy Inelman of Heat scores the first movie. Uh, Marco Beltrami, who you might know for his scores of the Die Hard 4 and 5 and Terminator Free and Free 10 to Yuma remake. Yeah. Uh, he does some weird takes where it's like, especially during the undercover mission at the White House, he's mm-hmm. trying to infiltrate the dinner. It's like, it goes between some Italian type chorus riffs for the band that's playing at the White House. And then back to the electronic, you know, rock score. It's like, that's a wild mixture right there. But yeah um so and, and the regular i mean and the songs themselves that were like by the pop stars or whatever were all pretty good too not bad yeah, yeah it, wasn't, of, it wasn't as good as the first soundtrack i don't think but it was solid yeah 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 um part three i thought it was junkie xl it's actually brian tyler you might know from uh just the expendables and a bunch of other just giant movie scores i, I think he's grown even more as a person instead of just trying to be just dark and 
become the next uh Graham Ravel or whatever. I think mm-hmm. he's just he's always just been a go-to is like just give me the tone and I'll echo a bunch of it. Sometimes the score will be better than the movie, and other times it'll just be as good as the movie. But either way, it's a pretty cool mysterious moody score and i think with that one he just went ballistic with the bongo drums and other stuff you know just for depending on the location and i think it's interesting just how these composers pretty much challenge themselves even for because again you can't predict success and you don't know how anyone's going to react until they react. oh yeah and i don't think anyone expected critics to like these so to their to compliment them i think they did their best by not giving a flying fuck. So no, I think, they, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you on that. I think the scores were, were, were solid. I think it, just to tie the different types fun. of things. Yeah. To tie it, to tie it all together. The way they did was pretty impressive. Well, Compared yeah. to other movies where you'll watch them, you'll be like, God, why is this actor best known for that? Wow. Or till they get to their third or fourth stage of their career. And it's like, this is not at all like a twilight 50 shades or. Yeah final destination kind of thing where you're like oh yeah i have seen that guy in those infamous movies or whatever it's like no it's not that kind of thing at all it's like these movies are cray cray they are Mm batshit bananas that's all they got in them and i will i will watch a few times because they're crazy i will (laughs) say even the second one while i think the plot's way convoluted and trying to be tom clancy and it didn't need to be i will say there's still a lot of fun parts to watch. <laughs> it's like I can't take if you my eyes if you if you, if you if you separate the plot and just focus because the plot's a lot like um not Dead of Honor um Splinter Cell kind of in a way because you yeah, open up with these guys with suits yeah and it has a slight feel of um some of our fears and parts too kind of uh, trying the, to overthrow the president like the the way the you know they're trying to overthrow the president or the one of the guys trying to overthrow the president oh totally and i think after part one when they had guys like warner dime you know the main uh balding henchman with the giant yeah. guns he'd been in other movies like the lives of others and valkyrie but that was yeah. kind of his big you know german to american transition yeah. and i just found it wild how in part two they bring back you know, not just Sam Jackson as Gibbons. He's in all three of them. Yeah. Part three, he's clearly in a green screen. My filmmaker buddy pointed it out when we were in the theater. He's like, he is so not in the same scene as these guys. I mean, the backgrounds don't even match. It's a green screen. But uh, Michael Roof, the guy playing the the geek guy, you know, Toby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he apparently, I had a lot of fun to prep for this episode because I was like, I know I'm seeing other things. He plays Maddox in Black Hawk Down. He's his last credit to date was the Dukes of Hazard remake, and he'd done a bunch of comedy sketch shows and hosting gigs, and he apparently committed suicide at age 32 in 2009. Just fucking sad. And I see him in both the first two Triple X movies. I'm like, this guy is fucking funny. He's not even the star, and he's giving it all, I think. I could be wrong, but I, I really do. I think he's very funny because – He's giving it everything it needs to be, which is I'm a I'm a parody of Q, you know, from James Bond. I'm I'm your gadget man, but I'm gonna participate in the missions with you and then make some off-color commentary. Even if it's not funny, funny, it's still it's like it is what it is. <laughs> I think I lost you. You okay there? Sorry about that. Uh, you know what you're talking about his character the tech guy you know he he reminded me of the character that was a tech guy in um sci-fi and filter video game no 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 not the not the boys it was a movie with uh the guy that played Negan was in a movie with a, like they're like a group of um soldiers kind of left for dead or whatever and they turn they're like, uh the losers the losers there he's kind of like the go. tech guy in that he is kind of like, like real snark. There's like some snark there. Yeah. Is, and that's just what it means. Cause I mean, I love that movie. No one else liked it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. I recall it being, it was like, it was like these. It, it, it was based is. off, it was based off a comic book. What do you expect? You know I mean? I think these ones, I'm surprised they have not made a comic book or even a video game, but at the same time, I mean, they're more video game than a video game. Yeah. And, how do you have a video game, a movie that's yeah, a video game? It, it would just, probably been lame and they would have hired a vin diesel or ice cube sound like 
with Sam Jackson coming back because everyone can afford Sam Jackson. <laughs> he doesn't turn it down. But um, yeah, as I say, at this point, I think he's just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Uh, and part <laughs> he's making, he's got that insurance company money. He don't need to worry about movies. Oh, uh, totally. And part free, you got Donnie Yin pistol yeah. whipping people and yep. Ruby Rose doing just impossible Mission Impossible type stunts. And it's like, if anything, I think that's what they're all. It, you know, I Spy the TV show remake with uh, Luke. Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy came out around the same time. And I think it was both those movies were going with the same mind. Like you've seen everything Entrapment, you know, golden eye mm-hmm. again. Well, we're just, we're pretty much just doing a spoof where we're 48 hours meets mission impossible. That's all we are. Just talk some shit, blow some shit up and just be a, I don't want to say guilty pleasure, but just be junk food and proud of it. You know, <laughs> just, just, not everything has to be Wendy's or Burger King or even yeah. McDonald's. It can be a different it kind can be of Jack in the box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everyone does the whole Reese's or Butterfinger. Yeah. I eat Justin's. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you There's know what, an audience for it. <laughs> you know what character I did like too in this, in the third one was um, Nina Dobrov's character, uh, Becky. I, so the I, little librarian, she's kind of like librarian esque. Uh, way, when i yeah. saw her in the movie i was wondering the whole time like where have i seen this gorgeous oh she's been in a lot of stuff porn star looking chick <laughs> well i don't know i don't think she, i don't know if she'd been in that but she'd been in a lot no, of stuff no she, she was i knew she had been vampire diaries she was married to her co-star in summer yeah. holder and but she was like the perfect she had the perfect look for like the little because she you know she's totally introverted and she's a she's weapon like specialist ukrainian i think in real life yeah i but, think she is yeah. but like you say it, she was acceptable because it's like she didn't take this all that seriously. Oh, like, she's Canadian. Oh, okay, well, fuck. Bulgarian, <laughs> dis- Canadian, Bulgarian descent. Citizenship is Canadian and that Bulgarian. Explains why she's been on a lot of those kinds of productions. Uh, so oh, Degrassi and all that. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, but no, I, I I liked the. um She gave it the it right good, amount of umph. Like she's taking yeah, it serious, it, but not in a way where she's overdoing it. Like she's not like. Uh, early Tyrese or maybe she kind of saves she kind of saves the day <laughs> she kind of saves the day it is hysterical with, how with the bulletproof vest there's that and the <laughs> contrast when she's going on a mission with Ruby Rose and Ruby Rose is going total ape shit she's heavily tattooed just like Azar Argento and Vin Diesel yeah. Is. yeah and and yet she's like okay hot shot I'll try and be on your badass level I'll give it my best shot <laughs> yeah um, and I love how Again, just in the third movie, you know, again, so part one, it was, you know, it was Vin's turn to just, you know, kind of just be a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part two was pretty much, okay, fuck you all. We're firing you. We're hiring some new guys who everyone likes. And then we're making it. Actually, he actually he dropped him and Rob Cohen dropped out because I didn't like the script. So there you go. And it was like, personally, I think it would have worked with anyone, any shape or form. That They're all such different ass movies. Because like part free, what is part free? One minute it's a computer hacker movie, then it's a surfboard movie, then it's kind of a East meets West meets India movie. So it's like, yeah. it's just whatever. And it's, it seemed to have, it seemed to be easy. The plot didn't seem as convoluted as the second one though. It was a lot more, it seemed a lot more straightforward to me. I think that's just it. It's just like part one was pretty much go through a maze of henchmen. Mm-hmm. And then part two was there's going to be endless amounts of spies going from garage to garage. Let's go if yeah. any state, but on it's like, steroids. It's like, God damn, <laughs> God damn it. We rented a warehouse and we're going to use it. Yeah. The art of, and I was cool with this at this point. Cause like you, I was a spy guy. I was big into the sniper movies with Tom Berenger. And if I wasn't watching something like mission impossible, or Born Identity. I'd even watch movies like The Art of War with Wesley Snipes. I didn't. Yeah, that was a good movie. I didn't care. It's like just or Eraser with Schwarzenegger. It's like do a fun, underrated. Totally. It's just if you're not going to be high class like Enemy of the State, then yes, you can be like Eraser where you're, you're kind of junky, but you're made with heart and soul. And if you're not, if you're soulless, but you're still having fun, that's fine too. Just be like you say self-aware and just a simple slugfest mm-hmm. it as long as it doesn't drag and i don't have to force myself to get to the end of the tunnel or i can see why you made whatever movie mm-hmm. without being furious 
(laughs) (laughs) that's triple x3 the x and the furious wait what (laughs) you know don't rule it out i mean (laughs) you know know, here's the thing so like rob cohen originally wanted this to be a whole long franchise with uh, the only character being the same was triple x so i have a soundbite for you I, I remember seeing in an interview, he was like promoting like stealth, which was a crazy like Terminator knockoff, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, the AI goes nuts and yeah. And I, I could, all, I always struggle to get for that. And I just remember it more for Jessica Bill and Jamie Foxx yeah, saying, yeah, it's, it's just, we did that movie I, for money. But yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah. I think, here's the thing. He passed Owen, on the second one of these for that. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. And <laughs> apparently he seems to take a lot of his movies serious. Like he was promoting Mummy Free and he just wanted to talk nonstop about his Buddhism. I'm like, whoa, cool, cool, cool that you're Buddhist, but this is a silly blockbuster movie, you know? Yeah. We, we came here to see Brendan Fraser pull in Indiana Jones and shoot up some zombie type movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you're talking about, you know, the East you know, meets West connection and all that. That's been done. And Dragonheart, same thing. There's a lot of plot holes in that otherwise kind of fun, decent, flawed movie. And I think that's just it too. He was just talking nonstop about the technology and triple X and uh, stealth. I'm like, dude, no one went to the movie for the technology. We went because it was crazy, f- silly. You know, it's like, I think he just, he, got, he has a big head. Cause like, to be fair, I don't know if anyone went to see stealth. No, but I mean, I don't I mean, think I like bad the, movies, but even I was like, what is this? Like, it, the, it's an idea that could have been good, but even the boy next door pissed me off. And I like trashy movies that are kind of one of those, like, oh, this is a naughty 2 a.m. movie that I'm going to make fun of. And that movie just pissed me off because there really was, it just took itself so seriously. I'm like, have you guys never read a script before? This, this is no different than every other, you know, uh, just psycho thriller of the 90s and it, it was just so yep. funny because uh, I, I heard the how did this get made episode and they played the commentary track and he just pretty much was like i want to photograph the queen and all this i'm like oh my god it, dude <laughs> try making the movie believable <laughs> omit some lines here no not happening yeah so, it just yeah <laughs> uh, so for part three you know dj caruso gets a lot of shit i'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for the fact that he just kind of just stepped back and just said, let's just make this an exciting movie. I, I think three was a lot more in the same spirit as one. And it's just, it doesn't go on too long. And no, uh, I kid you not. So my friend and I roll into all kinds of crazy movies. We'll watch anything, whether it's something stupid, like a WWE movie mm-hmm. or just like you say, uh, the billionth aliens, fifth element, you know, Star yeah, Wars knockoff. Yeah. And you know, and it doesn't have to be great. It can be something where you're just like, hey, you know, for what it is, I don't think it was that that bad, like John Carter or what have you. But uh, then we're prepared to watch some other movie where it's like, okay, everyone hates it, but we're just like, man, there's far worse stuff out there. You know, I yeah. don't think I don't think Valerian is the worst of the year, but a lot of people hate it. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. teach their own. But um, yeah, we were watching this and we just we didn't just laugh. We didn't just go far. We stomach busted laughers. Like, oh, <laughs> just like, because we're watching that. This at like a midnight screening. I had to get home and barely got four hours of sleep for work. You know, back when I was st- just starting my graveyard shift of security. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we are just go at the scene where Donnie Yen and uh, Vin first meet. And, you know, we see them, you know, staring each other down. And next thing you know, the following scene, they're clearly just right across the room from each other. I'm like, that's fucking funny and awesome. And it's definitely aware. And yet it's just kind of going for it. They just can't help it. This is a crazy Power Rangers episode, you know? It's yeah, like, well, what, what, you know what? It's, it's, it reminds me of, you, so we always say it's like a video game. Do you remember when Saints Row came out? Or were you two? A thousand percent. And okay, it, so Grand Theft Auto 3 had just hit, and it was a... And just Fantastic. cause, remember? Awesome. Just cause yeah, yeah. It's like well, everyone so, had to be crazier than the other. Well, the problem of, was the problem was Saints Row was trying to be serious in the first move in the first game, <laughs> but they just couldn't compete with Grand Theft Auto. Like the, it was cartoony graphics. So they and got stuff. better. So they just said the hell with it and went off the rails. By the fourth one, you're beating people with purple dildos. So they put they pulled a leprechaun. 
Yeah, so the just go crazier you go, the and, more you're and really, that's what Fast and the Furious did. And that's kind of what I'm expecting from the Triple X series, right? Like, I'm expecting a fourth, fifth, and sixth movie just because I have a feeling it's going to almost turn into like Bond meets the Expendables at some point. I, I think they got the closest Expendables definitely after starting out as kind of a PlayStation James Bond. And yeah, I mean, having and, it, and it worked at the time, was, it worked fine, you know. But when, yeah. you, when you did the second movie where you had like so many different characters and so much other stuff going on now and then you went back to the third one which became like you said you're just watching it going oh my god that's awesome and it's and horrible then, but great at the same time uh, oh that, that's basically it it's like both a mix between think, us so bad it's good and, kind and of it, it, was the, it was the highest grossing movie for that this for um that production company too who was it it was uh revolution studios yeah it was like their highest grossing movie of all time and they just went for it. They just like yeah. So I'm guessing they're going to do the same. I'm guessing they're going to do the same thing again. You know, if they and, don't, I don't know why they wouldn't. Because I mean, every everyone has an audience. You know, for all the people who weren't watching, for instance, Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street, you you were part of the Jason Voorhees crowd. So it's just yeah. like yeah, it is what always it is. something. Yeah, you know, and I I you know it's funny. I it said how the second movie didn't feel quite right to me. So there's a quote from Vin <laughs> Diesel where when he uh, they why he decided not to do it, he said he didn't like the script because it didn't feel triple X for him. <laughs> and remember I said it felt like a, a like a watered down Clancy one, like that like it was so complicated. Like you said, Kinda. there's warehouse after warehouse and spy after spy. <laughs> uh, I pretty much like I like I so with all these movies. I mean they're all fun to watch, but you know, stupid as they are, I can't yeah. take my eyes off the script screen no matter yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like a le- lesser transformers but just more bad shit to where you're just like just shut up and enjoy the carnage bad boys 2 style like yeah you're just like it's crazy but it's not by michael bay it's by all vin diesel and associates yeah and, and it, it, it's you're watching it going if this is what spies are really like that's awesome oh a thousand percent <laughs> yeah I, I would rather live in this world versus any other world where oh, I'm yeah. just going to be known for dying or just ruining the franchise. Like this was just crazy, crazy, crazy. And like you say, it is just one of those, it, it just kind of steps back. And even when it's too much, it, it's like, it never slows down to where you can possibly get bored. Anyone who says I am bored at anything, even if people who hate action movies, you're going to just kind of watch this. And it's kind of like, it's almost like 1995's fair game. Yeah, yeah. Billy Baldwin and uh, Cindy Crawford and meets. I mean, personally, such a, I such, that was such a fun. Again, like you said, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's not I a pers- masterpiece, but it's fun yeah, to watch. I'm personally more of a Assassins with Stallone and Banderas, and that's ballistic, a great movie too. Action, yeah, uh, Ballistic Action versus Sever, I think is I legit love, <laughs> and I, I you will actually find a bunch of people who like that. No different than a Transporter or Jason Bourne type movie or a racer type film. So I'm just like. But with these, they're like, okay, they may not be good movies, but they are good junkie action they'll make, movies. They'll make money. They will make money. Yeah. They're good comedies, intentional yeah. or unintentional. They're trashy. They're- I'm going to say that I think the people making these and the people starring in these have an idea not to take it too seriously. Uh, yes. The, this is main- like Like when he breaks the third wall, like you were saying in the third one. <laughs> he says i live for this shit fourth and, then wall, he, yeah. and then he makes third, third, i mean fourth. even half the 3d effects in that were pretty much you know just one-ups to making fun of 3d in a way and yeah. uh, they, they even had moments where i think they just even dissed a few other movies and shows and i mean just having with the way they even brought ice cube back in that one like there's like who the f-? i think they even have a funny line like who else could we possibly bring into this? And then he just comes out of nowhere and just <laughs> does exactly what he did to start off the movie too. It is like just take out a giant ass grenade launcher that can't do anything like that and decimate about twenty people with nine. You know, we're bloody. This would instantly get an R, but it's PG thirteen, so they can blow up people nonstop in these. You know, yep. Uh, as long as there's no gore or exploding heads. And yep. yep. So I, in a way, yes, this is like if you were to take the logic of a puppet master type movie and put it in, yeah, uh, just something that's not starring Arnie or Stallone. And it's just, you know what? It's like a non-retiree version of Red. 
that's a good remember point in red too, like, they, like they launched the rocket he they, they she fires a rocket at him and he shoots it with the gun that's so true because like when, it's basically this only not retirees yeah because like red i don't know why it just it and other movies just make more money just because they got a better known cast and they're just more they're they're not really i guess it's just because they just got well red made more movie because malkovich was fantastic in malkovich and i mean i think he just played himself but he was fantastic him and mary louise parker and helen Mirren were kind of contributing factors even anthony hopkins is practically playing a hans gruber james bond type villain but yeah, yeah is this like i guess it's just those they're kind of quicker so and everyone just liked the cast and these these are unfiltered so they're not going to be for everyone yeah but these are for our generation yeah these are kind right, like, of just these are more for people that are like between say 30 and 50 oh totally. they grew up on like action from the 80s and 90s right so like the this came out after every heist or spy movie was trying to be like uh entrapment or oceans 11 or a mission impossible light and yeah so again just like we compared all the food parallels that is like for all the ah, fuck like and for those who there's those who play basketball and there's those who play football and those who play baseball and then there's some of us who just play 50 rounds of bowling while listening to metal you know just <laughs> pick pick yeah. your poison there's an alternative it's okay and, to have and, an and then there's those of us that played extreme playstation 2 games while listening to metal that's who oh, these so are for. There you go. There you go. And then made lasagna for everybody. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's like these are all steroid induced, so they have zero filter. Is like so. Even go to the video sites. Like, uh, it's okay to have options there too. But like, this is the Tubi version of spy movies. Mm-hmm. If you that's a good way of looking at it. If yeah. you don't, there's a lot of people going to that because they don't want to they're leaving netflix and a lot of the movies they were going to watch just left prime and they'd rather watch the tv shows that they're not going to make time for just yet so it's like yeah you're going to probably watch tubi or record something off of you know tv or watch one of the other ones that you haven't used in a while like shutter or uh freaking uh, what's the other one that everyone uses um not that's not uh hulu you know so yeah uh, and the again it's just like this uh, or even just with video sites if you were hey, on cinema score this has an a minus out of an a plus to f scale i mean some people uh, people part like three it. yeah part three yeah i believe it uh, what i think it's it? about it's about a, it's about 44 i think it's about 50 percent on rotten what tomatoes the other ones so it's get, average what the other ones get cinema score wise <laughs> oh i don't know if the other ones had it listed i i know they all got like you know they were in the red or yellow mixed to negative reviews. They were never going to get good. Well, Rotten Tomatoes is always for anything action related, unless it's art house or, or, or chains or something. It, I get pissed when I Rotten see Tomatoes people... is like two, two stars. Yeah. Fuck you. I know. I get pissed when I have other podcasters on here acting like the, uh, comedy... the first one was an a minus on cinema score. <laughs> and the second one, <laughs> let's see. Where's this? Let's see. Uh, B plus. <laughs> Go figure. Ever, no one gave a fuck that it was coming out at the same time. <laughs> so these are the these are these are people that are like us that are like, wow, that's totally awesome and fake, but I love it. It's, that, that's it's, stupid as fuck. Uh, I'm yep. watching it again five more times after school, <laughs> and so that is what I'm saying with Power Rangers. Is like. No one goes to Power Rangers for high art, but everybody secretly likes Power Rangers. Because <laughs> guess what? It's like you're getting away with fighting in PG, you know, rated yeah. violence with a Ninja Turtles type villain and just yep. Hong Kong type wannabes kicking the shit out of each other on a Japanese film set. You know, <laughs> yep. so it's just like, yeah, that's exactly what these are. These aren't James Bond. These aren't Mission Impossible. So they're not Ocean's Eleven what are they they're fucking whatever they want to be and that's okay and And we'll come up we'll come up with a term for that we got to come up for a term for movies like this i just don't Uh, know it yet i'll work on it to quote old comrades the at the midnight movie cowboys uh shit fucky that works (laughs) but that sounds more derogatory and i don't want to sound like i'm derogatory so well that's that's a good point that shit bananas 
Yeah, but it's, no, it's got to be something like it's for the whole genre of like eighties, nineties, and two thousands action. Well, because like, I'm, I'm with popcorn like, action. I don't know. It's we'll come up with something. It's too silly to be just popcorn because it is kind of involving your brain, even though it's fucking stupid. <laughs> so, I just I steroid, steroid, <laughs> steroid rage, steroid uh, popcorn, uh, steroid action, spectacular. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> all right man well i i hate the cut it short but i gotta i gotta get moving. i will and I, i'm totally with you I, I i hate how everyone's like oh run tomatoes attacks all my favorite comedy and horror movies i'm like join the fucking club yeah and they always always hate action movies unless it's a john wick yep <laughs> and so yeah uh I, i'm with you like they watch all these fucking movies and just go bananas just watch them for what they are yeah While smoking a just joint. enjoy it and just being like, why am I fucking watching this? This is stupid. I'm going to probably watch it again with some other friends and get their take and see how they react. Uh, nice. I don't regret watching any of them. They no, are what they either. are. They have- I, I, I enjoy them because, like you said, they're somewhat mindless. There's enough plot where you're like, oh, okay. They but, have enough yeah, you're watching window it for the action. where yeah. you won't be worried about your kids seeing something they shouldn't see. Yeah. And they have enough naughty language to where most people can just say, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. It's like, yeah. My God, these are too stupid to take seriously and worry about the content. <laughs> it's crazy. Watch them. Yep. So thank you for being on here. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. I will see you next time. <laughs> All right. Take care, man. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.